podcast, three game developers drinking good Arab tea. I'm your Fauzi, host. Fauzi, Fauzi, yes? Fauzi, I can't Fauzi. wait. We have <laughs> to ask this question now. This is important. It's really do, important. do you use like product in your beer? <laughs> I was I was listening to last week's episode. First of all, very thoughtful. I missed you guys very much. Thank you we so much we for, missed you too. for the kindness and all the nice words. Um, so I was listening to um, Rami Ismail and um, Osama Dorias. I've heard about them. <laughs> As they're having some good Arab tea and talking about uh, me, your host for today, Fauzi Mesma. <laughs> but do you use product? Um, the answer is no, actually. So like, I, I, really, I really appreciate uh, like how um, all the kindness that you've uh, uh, bestowed upon my facial hair. <laughs> I, I haven't natural, decided if fully natural facial hair. It just goes like I have, this. <laughs> I haven't decided up, if I believe you yet. This can't be natural. I wake up in Mashallah. the morning looking like Mashallah. this. Yeah, believe it or not. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I am jealous. <laughs> Uh, so my, my my father used to always tell me that you, you don't have a production problem, you just have a distribution problem. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so which good. is, ouch, but yes, touche. <laughs> uh. Some, yeah, beard, man. some yeah. of that Mismar um, family humor. Yeah. The, the, the goatee comb over is coming the, to you. The goatee comb over is a thing. <laughs> <laughs> so no, I like a, yeah, I just I just wash it. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Not even a gray. Are there gray hairs in your beard yet? Not yet. Maybe there's wow. two. Maybe there's well, two. Maybe there's two. I yeah. decided. I plucked them away because I'm in denial. <laughs> I, I, used to, I used to have one gray, gray beard hair that would always grow in the middle of my, my beard. And um, and my partner at the time always called it Gandalf. <laughs> so that's the funny thing. I have, I have a salt and pepper beard now, like salt mm-hmm. and pepper. But I, before I did, when I had a black beard, I had this one longer than normal white beard, white hair <laughs> that would just grow faster than the rest of my beard for whatever reason <laughs> and point in a different direction. <laughs> it was foreshadowing the rest, I guess. <laughs> I think I have like one one of the few I have is like this one long white hair that just splits my mustache perfectly in half. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. It creates the border. Um, <laughs> it's, it's hard not to notice it. So that's the first right. to go usually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love it. But no, so, I just trim it. There was a, this was uh, there was a period in my life when I was trying to do like a Pringles pointy mustache in which like I twirl it and I point it <laughs> upwards. Mm-hmm. Oh, that would look good on you. And a friend of mine was like, "Oh, I like that you're trying to be like uh, you know trying something new, like you're going all Dali." And he sent me um <laughs> he sent me as a I think it was a Christmas gift or something like this. He sent me a a cream a mustache cream, and the best mm. the best part about that mustache cream is the name of the brand. It was called the Crazy Arab. Uh, wow. <laughs> I, was like, I was like how did he find it but i really wow. appreciate it. he sent it all the way from new zealand so. wow 
<laughs> yeah, so, uh, but you know, by the time it got there, I was already over the whole Dali mustache um, <laughs> fat. It didn't, it didn't last that long. It's too much work. After like, twirling right. my mustache all time long. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you if you make up some evil plans, it's much easier to throw your mustache, right? <laughs> That's the problem. Yeah, the evil plans <laughs> is to come in first. Yeah. I don't know. I, I've never, I've never really done well with a mustache, so <laughs> I, I always skip that part. Yeah, uh, I'm not but, big on mustaches either. I wish I had the face for it. I just don't. Fauzi has the face for it. That's the problem. Fauzi can pull it. <laughs> you know, like you, you get. Um, I get so used uh, to it that I like when, when the pandemic first started, and everybody was like, "You should stop touching your face." And then, <laughs> and then we're also on Zoom calls when I'm staring at my face the entire time. Yeah. And yeah. I'm basically watching myself touching my face every other second. Yeah, every other like, second. Yeah. Yeah. And if it's just about not touching my face, I would have been dead in the first three yeah. hours of this pandemic. Yeah. Yep. I didn't realize how much I touched my face too. It's ridiculous. Like if you had asked me, I would have told you, oh, never. Yeah, <laughs> but my hand is, why would I touch my face? Why would I touch That's my weird. face? But my hand's always there. <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah, same. It's always it's always my beard as well. It's like it's yeah. my hand is my my beard is leaning on my hand, or I have my my you know your sort of like your your fist against the side of your beard. Or <laughs> you're just kind of like you know you're doing the thing where you're 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 moving your hand from the sides of the beard to like the bottom. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like in uh, sort of like closing your fingers around your beard, that kind of thing down your jawline, and it's just like. I'm just sitting there doing all of that, just like not paying attention. I'm like, wait, <laughs> what? Excuse me? I do that? Man, it's it's, it's so tough. Um, <laughs> like um, the idea of like, so there were times when I like, you know, over trimmed my mustache or my mm. beard. And mm. then like I go to my instinctive while I'm thinking, just, uh, you know, touch my scratchy? facial hair. Yeah. And I just like when I, when I couldn't find anything, it was very disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> very, very disappointing. So I couldn't it's wait. right. Yeah, it had to grow back as quick yeah, as yeah. possible so to resume yeah, I, normal function. I have never lost this beard since I was 17, you know that? Wow. Oh, wow. Really? It has been there since I was 17. Yeah, because I was working for, uh, I was an, an, an intern, but like working for a game studio in the US and um, they didn't know how old I was. Hmm. And then because we were communicating over chat and mm. then um, eventually... Uh, because they were they were paying me a little in terms of like software and stuff, and then eventually one day it was my birthday, and everybody hopped on a on a on a video call, and uh, yeah, they realized that I was a literal kid, oh. <laughs> and I was sort of like, oh, we didn't realize you were a literal kid. <laughs> uh, so then I never wanted to look like. A, a young kid again so i started yeah. growing the beard and then it just stayed because i got so used to it i have no idea what my jaw long looks like <laughs> just genuinely do not, i do not know what my chin looks like mm. i haven't seen it in like 15 years okay <laughs> this this is my life mission now to see Ravi's chin. <laughs> i don't know to, how i'm gonna pull it off but try i'm gonna to get a try to get a gillette sponsorship so that like, <laughs> <laughs> Pay some million it, dollars for Rami to shave his beard, <laughs> but it, but it's really well because also it just grows back really fast. Yeah. So even if I shave it, you have like two hours. <laughs> 
<laughs> You're too late. <laughs> the, the Arab jeans is too strong, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you so, shave, by the time the, the razor blade hits like the bottom, it's like the top is already growing. Back, <laughs> you know? I've actually, I usually try to keep some kind of facial hair. I prefer it. Uh, but I do that thing where the right side is a little bit shorter, so I adjust the left side, and then it's a little bit shorter. So you know, I go to back to the right side, and I keep doing that until I I realize I don't have any beard left. So, <laughs> <laughs> so like you know, when you're not thinking straight, and you're like, all right, fine, I'll just shave it off. Now it looks just odd. Uh, yeah. So I've done I've done that where I don't, don't want to look like I had no sideburns, but just a beard, and then it's gone. Uh, but usually I have a go-to with some kind of facial hair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I prefer it. And that I've had that since college. Like if you see old pictures of me. But yeah, you'll see the odd picture of me clean shaven. <laughs> I'm not a fan. I mean, everyone's face is different. I think I look better with facial hair. I, I agree. Yeah. I, my my, my face is a perfect circle as well without any kind of facial hair. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> so like adding some kind of beard gives me a little bit of jaw definition. Yeah, yeah just gives Same. you a, a face, right? Uh, otherwise, Same. I look like an egg with like... Um, <laughs> A very handsome egg. Uh, thank you. Sammy. But it's <laughs> it's also <laughs> it's also just like I think I think like in terms of face, like we we probably all have very similar features in that you know eyebrows are pretty like yeah. notable and <laughs> I don't know, but my arms have a lot of hair. Yeah. So it's like the kind of thing where if my face is just like no hair, it, I imagine <laughs> that would look really odd to just it have like, like these very heavy. Gorilla. Yeah, they have these very heavy like hair like this very heavy hair everywhere and then just like <laughs> nothing <laughs> the contrast is too huge yeah, i don't think that's gonna work on me yeah, that's a different distribution <laughs> problem so no. right. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> same genes though yeah, same yeah, genes. yeah. <laughs> uh but how have you been you fozzy we've oh missed my, you oh wasn't that God. whole thing how he's been <laughs> no, no no this is how his facial hair has been <laughs> how my face has been uh, but- <laughs> <laughs> we're going to help how the rest of you how not, not the man behind the face right. <laughs> which is behind the facial hair right. we're going deep many layers the, now the third layer <laughs> the third layer of arab arab men so oh, I, the, yeah. the first two layers are facial hair right yes <laughs> go I, for it I've had an eventful couple of weeks, uh, to say the least. Like, that'll be the understatement of the century, really. <laughs> right. Uh, which is kind of like, you know, the timing, uh, which, like, I wanted to take a couple of uh, weeks off because I thought that there's going to be a lot of buzz. And I wanted to, you know, like, uh, the Habibis to be uh, <laughs> um, its own thing while I focus on, like, you know, dealing with a whole bunch of stuff that are happening in my professional life. Mm-hmm. So, um so like um as you know uh, we spoke last time before i was uh, on the podcast uh battlefield 2042 launched on uh, november 19th it's a project that we've worked on for quite some time thank you very much i've been you know very excited about it and i spoke about how happy i was with you know the game being out and players playing it and all of that um but at the time what i didn't speak about is that i already had plans to go um to a different company and um uh, I spoke to my manager about this, of course, over the course uh, of uh, the discussions that we've had. We were talking about my succession, what's going to happen afterwards. But, you know, we both agreed that we don't want to distract the teams and we want to have the focus be on the launch, which is, you know. Right, right. We, we've been pouring our hearts and souls into this game. I don't want, uh, and neither did uh, my boss, we don't want anything to distract from the message 
of right. like, you know, this game is launching, we're celebrating the team and their accomplishments and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And also, like, I wanted to be with my team until the last minute. So I haven't taken time off since God knows uh, when. Uh, right. Because, like, I was completely focused on, you know, I want to be with the team as the game launches. No. So, you know, my last uh, week was the week after launch. So uh, with my last day being on November 26th. And I wanted to uh, reach out to my team in the middle of the week to kind of, you know, tell them that I'm going. I wrote this... Uh, um, uh, communication message that went out by email and on Slack to the teams to informing them basically of what I just told you now, you know, like, um, and like how honored and privileged I am to work with, with these people. And if any of you uh, peeps listening, um, I love you. I'm proud of all of the work you've done. And uh, I, I'll miss uh, working with you very, very much. So we put out that uh, newsletter, came out to the to 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 the company, uh, get a lot of like you know communication from the team, you know, sad to see you go and that kind of stuff. Uh, very nice things. And then you know I was uh, I was like, all right, so now I can take a couple of days off, <laughs> you know, just to sleep because I was starting a job literally the Monday after, you know. So mm-hmm. like my mm-hmm. last day is uh, Friday, and then the Monday after is the next uh, job, which I will talk about a little bit afterwards. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so in one of those two days off, um, uh, I wake up. I think it's like six thirty a.m. and I look at my phone, and my phone is blown up. There's like right. eight hundred <laughs> notifications, oh, and I'm right. like, I'm like, yeah, Fatahi Alim. Sorry for being one of those notifications. <laughs> uh, actually, Rami, you were the like. I wish I was up. Um, uh, at night to see your message because that would have gotten me the heads up. But like, right. I, <laughs> by the time I woke up and saw it, um, you know, um, I, I, I saw I saw the first I saw the first I saw the first article hit, yeah. and then uh, a friend of mine who works in in press was like, "Hey, your friend is leaving," like. Dice? <laughs> and I'm like, what do you mean? And they're like, well. <laughs> I'm like, oh, let me message Fauzi. <laughs> the, the, the email, <laughs> the news is out there. So I wake up and like, you know, like the, I start to realize, oh, it's 600 notifications going. I was like, oh, right, here oh I go. I, I, I don't know what I've done. But, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but I've done it. <laughs> but I've done it. <laughs> I, um, no, but I, immediately I thought, uh, uh, you know, the news is out. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, the, the, the email that I sent to the team leaked. And mm-hmm. um, um, one individual uh, writer made an article about it. And then next thing I know, pretty much every uh, media outlet that talks about games in any language has yes. written about how um, the head of design leaves the game after launch. And right. then all these other speculations about, yeah. you know, yep. if that has anything to do with the game and anything like that. And like, you know, even in my email that I sent to the team, another line that's been <laughs> used very much in the media, I was, you know, people know me. So I, you know, I added a little bit of my sense of humor to the thing. So mm-hmm. I was like, I was made an offer I can't refuse. I was referencing the Godfather right. movies. Yeah, <laughs> of course. But also course. A, a literal offer that was too good to pass out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like a really good job opportunity. 
Yeah. And then, you know, a bunch of people are starting to go like, oh, an offer he can't refuse. Oh, they, you know, like... There's some mafia going some on mafia, here. Exactly. Oh, like, you know, no. Ubisoft <laughs> under, showed up at his house and was like, what a beautiful house. Would be a shame if something happened. At, at, at the time, nobody knew that I was going to Ubisoft just yet. So they thought like, you know, some kind of restructuring within the company or anything right. like this. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. uh, like, you know... Oh, my God. Speculation. So, like, all of this stuff is happening. So, and like, so, like, I'm getting all these messages from people I know or people I don't know, either telling me congrats or sorry to see you go, or in some cases, good riddance. And I was like, what? right. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> what's, what's, what's going on? And then, like, you right. know, I've, I've seen that, uh, like, you know, a weird thing and a good thing happen at the same time. So, like, um, a lot of people were like, that is the person who made the entire game, <laughs> which is like, right. <laughs> couldn't be far away from the truth. And they go like, so all these design decisions that we dislike about the game, it's are it, clearly him. Is, is clearly. His, are his dumb ideas. Right. <laughs> um, and the interesting part is that there was another group of people, um, the, um, uh, of people that, you know, played the game um, that are that like these design ideas and they're fighting right. with the other group and go like, we like him because he saved them. <laughs> right. So there was two groups of people that are, you know, with regardless of intentions, really over. Oh uh, yeah. Over, just went too hard on things. And like, you know, they, they think I have way more power than I actually do. And also disregard that there's hundreds of people that worked in this game. And right. um, I play a role in this, of course, but you know, my role is minuscule compared to, you know, the large design team that has been involved in, and, you know, all the wonderful people that have been working on this game. <laughs> right. Is, isn't it uh, Isn't it like the article, uh, the, the old IGN article, there's a tendency among the press to attribute the creation of a game to a single person, says Warren Spector, creator <laughs> of Steve and there's X. <laughs> It's still, it's still one of my favorite press lines in the history of all games press ever. Do you, do you know <laughs> but, if it was played for laughs or it was really no, actually? That was 100% oh an actual line. It's, uh, I remember IGN. I remember the article. That was a line. Yeah. It's literally the first line of the article as well. Like, <laughs> yeah. so good. It makes me very happy. But yeah, there's a tendency among the press to attribute the creation of a game to a single person, says Fauzi Mesmar, creator of Battlefield 2042. <laughs> Soul creator. That's the only one. <laughs> the only one that made all these decisions. Yeah, and then, like, you know, people read these headlines. No, and you they, also did the modeling and the yeah, development, right? Like, you wrote all code. And came up with all the ideas. And all yeah. the you added I, the I multiplayer for $10,000. Like, the sound effects. I don't know how, as an Arab, you got to fire all those weapons. Because I'd be arrested <laughs> if I got near them. But, you know, yeah. very impressive. No, congrats, congrats to the team go. for pulling it off. Absolutely. And, like, you know, the, the entire team kind of reached out to me in support and got, like, you know, we're really sorry that you know people are saying these kinds of things for me like you know at, at first i was a little bit sad because um in my entire career with everybody i've worked in now 18 years making games no one has ever questioned my work ethic yeah right you know like nobody has ever and like you know when i'm interviewing for a new job and they ask me for references i go like i'm i'm that confident literally talk to anyone i've ever worked with yeah. you know reach out to them and ask them about me. And like I, whenever I'm working at any company, I always ask for 360 anonymous feedback anyway, yeah, because right. I want to be better. So like, you know, uh, nobody's ever doubted my, my work ethic before. So at first it, I was a little bit hurt because there was a bunch of people that are going like, you know, 
Um, <laughs> there are some people that go like, oh, he worked on Candy Crush before and now he works on this. And it's like, it's not something I'm hiding. It's on my public profile. Yeah, it's literally on your website. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, I'm, I'm proud of that game as well as I'm proud of any other game I've ever worked on. It's a great game. And I'm, proud great of, game. and I'm proud of my colleagues that have worked on all of these um, things. Right. And you know, like one of the comments, one one person was like, "Of course, you know that uh, he brought monetization into the game." And literally, the in-game store of Battlefield when it launches had nothing. We, we're not no selling anything. There was no monetization in the game. But you know, um, there was a bunch. So of you did a that, bad job of bringing monetization to the game. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely that was ruined what I was it. Supposed to do. I didn't do it. Definitely at launch. So yeah, like you know. Um, a bunch of people started like, you know, at first I was kind of sad because like I'm getting all of these, uh, you know, as well as, you know, support messages and all of this, a lot of these angry messages from people who don't like some of the design decisions in the game. But then like those started escalating to the, you know, usual death threats and like mm, uh, uh. the go kill yourselves and all of that stuff. So I was like, you know, um, my team at that point, they reached out. Some of them were like, do you want us to talk about this? Like, no, no, please. Uh, nobody comment on this. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, if we, these guys coming after me means that they're not coming after my team, then that's great. You know, like, right. yeah. you know, yeah, 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 for it's, sure. it's good. Like, uh, because, like, I know that, like, you know, I'm having another company and I'm starting up the next week and, like, that's going to get under control. But right. two other wholesome things happened around the same time is that um, um, there was the overwhelming positivity from the game development world. Yes. And really, shout out to everybody who reached out to me with kindness. There, there are so many, and um, I appreciate your kindness forever. Really, like those moments meet a lot to me. You, Habibi, of course, uh, topping the list. You deserve no. it, Habibi. Really uh, yeah, of course. But like you know, so many people like reached out with so much positivity that was um, you know that immediately lifted me out of that uh, mm-hmm. that space of mind within an hour or less. Good. Um, you know, other game developers out there that I've worked with and I didn't and like, you know, that reached out and just, you know, had a lot of nice things to say. The other like really fascinating thing to see was like the group of uh, Arab game journalists and Arab uh, battlefield community. Yeah. Who um, just like, um, you know, rose up and just uh, flooded the Internet with positivity pretty much everywhere. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Um, and, you know, like I, that felt really, really wholesome. But you, yeah. know, but, you know, like, there was still about people who were like, yeah, of course he ditched it or he got fired or, like, something like this. And then, like, literally, my I, I spent two days without a job because my last yeah. day was Friday. Then yes, it was right. the weekend. <laughs> and then I started my new gig on Monday with my new employer at Ubisoft. Um, right. who, uh, I started at Ubisoft as uh, vice president of editorial. So my role is to support a lot of the creative teams at Ubisoft around the world. Mm-hmm. And um, as I start, there's like some of the warmest welcome from everybody there at, uh, at, uh, at Ubisoft and edit editorial, wonderful people. And then like Ubisoft were like, we were waiting for you for some time until you ship this game. Now we can go out with our own press release. And right. um, <laughs> a press release went out. Again, I'm in the news. My phone blows up <laughs> for the second right. <laughs> for the second time uh, within a week. But like, that basically meant like a lot of those um, speculation articles were now updated. Right. Yeah. The like, you know, the wording was changed instead of like abandoned dice. Until yeah, that like, was like, went to Ubisoft. <laughs> for, for another job opportunity. Or right. like, you know, the dude that's supposed to have screwed up the game actually did a good job in the game that, you know, right. got other opportunities and, and stuff <laughs> like that. So, you know, yeah. um, I'm, I feel fortunate that 
you know, I was in an industry, first of all, in which like uh, a lot of my employers, they had my back, my uh, my team and colleagues and other people around the industry. They had my back and they really like helped me through this. Like I, I this is I never wanted fame of any kind. Like I for me, I just appreciation and recognition within the game dev sphere is all I could ever dream about. <laughs> and right. um, I don't want that kind of fame definitely <laughs> yeah, um, sure. um but um just you know seeing seeing the overwhelming majority of kindness and all of that is uh always reminds me of why we do this because right. you know whenever there is a dark section of the internet or there are some people who might be misguided for anything and they're acting on their passion um, there are groups of people that are positive, understanding, and supportive. And um, right. we should never forget that um, these are the people we're making these games for as well. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Well, that's the people I make the games for. I yeah. generally do. I do not make the games for the terrible people on the yeah. internet. Like, yeah. they, as, like, if they get kicked out of gaming forever, I'm I'm okay with that. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, don't, I, I, don't yeah. I don't want them to play my games. I don't uh, want their money. Why would I? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know. I, uh, I It was fun to see your, uh, your announcement. I didn't message you about the UB announcement because yeah. I was just like, I'm sure everybody is talking to you about that and I get to congratulate you here and it seems unplanned for you to be <laughs> announcing that. Yeah. Um, but... Um, um, I have to say, I, I was very amused by your uh, by the press release from UB with your with your quote, because it's like you know these are big news moments and they're they're important, so they're they're very like, you know, you're very careful with how you say things. Mm -hmm. It's like I, I was just imagining you saying the 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 quote you wrote, and it just it made me grin a little. Like what yeah. was it? Uh, let me see, I have it here somewhere. I'm excited to work with the talented teams across Ubisoft to nurture our collective creativity and build the future of Ubisoft's game together. Ubisoft brings together some of the most creative minds in video games and I look forward to supporting them in their work to deliver truly meaningful entertainment experience to players. And I'm like, that's exactly what you mean, but just set like five steps politer. <laughs> <laughs> and I love that. I love that at about press release that you can yes. you can just see you think that, but not in those words. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I always love that. I love that, press um, you know, they picked up a lot of the press, like, you know, there are some words, you know, uh, that I've mentioning as I'm talking to the comms people are like, oh, we like this, we want to use, like I was talking about when I, when I'm not uh, making games, I'm either playing them or talking about them. Right. <laughs> and yeah, they're like, yeah. yep, that's, that's going in. I'm like, okay, but <laughs> it's also true. <laughs> it consumes yeah. a huge part of my life. So, um, yeah. but, but you know, like even, you know, I was ahead of design at DICE, but I always mention whenever I speak about it is that I serve the design team. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because like, I believe in servant uh, leadership. Yeah, that's how it should like, be. And uh, my job is to help you you know, do your job in the best possible way, not right. to not to get in the way. You know, I I need yeah, to support you... my people to 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 do their best work. Right. Yeah, I think a lot of people mistake leadership as like, you know, they they use the 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 sort of ship metaphor, right? Where there's a captain, and the captain says where the ship is going and how to. And I think that's not quite how game development works. It's a yeah. lot more. It's a lot more collaborative, right? Like mm -hmm. you. You see what your team wants to do and where they're aligned and how that fits in the goals of where you want things to go, yeah. right? Or where, where things should go or where the industry is going. But then within that, 
you want to create all the space possible for people to do their best work. I think that was one of the other things I liked was um, um, one of the quotes about you was uh, Fauzi is one of the most one of the industry's most respected game designer and has a strong track record of uniting teams across various projects, expertise, and backgrounds. Mm. And I think that's that's why you are perfect for this kind of job. Uh-huh. I think like because that's what you do, right? Thank You're, you. You're a facilitator. You help people, but you also you're you're more than capable of uniting people towards a goal. Oh, thank yeah. you. Right? Man. That means a lot to me uh, that you think that as well. So yeah, I no, just but, wanted to give you a little bit of behind the scenes as well because I used to work at, at Ubisoft and yeah. I have a lot mm-hmm. of friends who still do and and uh, some who worked with me and some who didn't. Yeah. And the feeling of hope that they all expressed when that was announced, when you, it was wow. announced that you were joining the team, it was overwhelming. Hope, oh like my specifically God. that word. They were oh like, "You're God. going to bring about big change." I don't want to. I don't. I don't want to put pressure on you. <laughs> yeah, but, but, too late. <laughs> <laughs> but, that's, but that's the thing. Like you already know that this is what is what is hoped of you, right? Yes. Like this is you. I cannot imagine you took this job without the idea of like people hope for me to make things better. Right, and I will even do if my they were you know? right, exactly, and that's the best we can do, you know. Yeah. Inshallah, khair, and inshallah, <laughs> you get the, exactly. inshallah, you get the space and you get the resources and everything to do that job. And I'm sure you have the support of the people that that hired you. And you know, from there, we will see what happens. It's an unpredictable industry, and the the best we can do is the best we can do. But exactly, I, so we we'll always do our best. And yeah, uh, <laughs> and, but I can I can see why they why they, you know hired you like i i understand thank you <laughs> i'm excited to see what happens absolutely if, if, i'm sure if they could have hired 10 fozies i would have hired <laughs> i think i would i would max it out at three i think that's because otherwise you get that problem where just leadership is just making decisions by playing street fighter i like you know, that, problem. I just, I want that problem i'm not sure about that like like can I'm not sure that works. Well, I think I would max out at three thousand. What's wrong with that, Rami? <laughs> See, this is why I would max out at three thousand because there's still a possibility to vote against three of them. But if there's ten, it's just like that's it. Fauzi, that's it. The Fauzi the says something. So I always wonder in that kind of scenario. Do you th- like? For example, I think if you have like three Ramis, yeah. I think they would be disagreeing all the time, which is really <laughs> strange to think. <laughs> the three of me would just be like, "Yeah, no, I don't, I don't like that." I'm getting like <laughs> visions of the most Arab episode of Rick and Morty right. ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, three, three Osamas would pr- basically be a Canadian standoff, <laughs> right? You know, three Osamas would just would just be that nothing would ever get done because people are just being <laughs> hugging and like just like a, I like that. All right, I gotta yeah. find two more Osamas. Imagine if it's like the you know three time multiplications of us and it's nine of us going to dinner together. A bill will never be paid. <laughs> never, <laughs> never, or or never. or it'll be paid nine times. <laughs> <laughs> you mean did. The second fouse he paid? Astaghfirullah. <laughs> I told him to not pay. Did he sneak off to the bathroom? He snuck up to the bathroom, didn't he? Yeah. Who cancelled my credit card? <laughs> oh, wow. We'd also share credit cards. Oh, no. Oh, no. That's terrible. Because when I get sad, I sometimes buy stuff. Oh, no. Do you think I would buy three times as much? Yes. Oh, no. The math checks out. Oh, no. 
You'll have, yeah, like, no. you'll have like, you know, instead of a bunk bed, there's like a three-layer bunk bed all with air conditioning in it. <laughs> right, 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 right. That's important. That's important. But I'd also be annoyed having other Rami sleep in the same room, so I'd need three rooms. Oh, no. Um, I'll never get sleep. I snore. All three of us right? will snore. <laughs> It'd be like a snoring symphony coming from the cell room. <laughs> Do you think they'll harmonize? You know, <laughs> okay, I'll tell you exactly what will happen. Uh, I... What, <laughs> I, I, I don't know if I told this story before, but um, I went to uh, GDC one time with my friend Jonathan. I, I won't say his last name just in case he doesn't want people to know who it is. <laughs> and, okay, uh, Jonathan. <laughs> and almost simultaneously, we shared a room, by the way. We shared a hotel room. And almost simultaneously, we warned each other that, the other, that, that, that we uh, snored. And we're like, uh-oh, <laughs> neither of us are getting sleep. That's not accurate. The first person to make it to bed will get sleep. It's the right. second person. The other person won't. You know, like for a so, second, I thought this was going to go. It was like, it's like white noise. The two snoring cancel each other out. <laughs> and then there's silence coming out of the they're room. Exactly, they're exactly opposite waveforms. Yeah, exactly. And We'd this have is to try that with a third person in the room. Right. And this is how they discovered noise-canceling headsets. <laughs> They have two Osamas snoring in opposite directions. One Osama was laying on his left side and the other Osama was sleeping on his right side. And then just like the waves perfectly canceled out. I love you it. know, I know, I know the physics of noise canceling headphones, but it's still wild to me that we can just shoot the opposite sound wave and then no sound happens. Yeah. yeah. Like adding things by subtracting, th- like subtracting things by adding things. It's wild. I know it physically makes sense. Yeah, but no. But my brain yeah. hurts. Yeah. <laughs> but just, but just no. That that seems wrong. Like that somebody could, you know, it it makes me want to go to like a really bad GDC talk with like sort of like a a gun that can like cancel sound waves. Oh. And just mute the speaker every now and then, <laughs> you know, and be like, "Oh, we're going to that. Okay, here, let's mute that." Is, oh no! I, I guess you could technically do it. Technically, I guess it's possible. <laughs> Although, like in a, it's it's an open room, so the the echoes and the vibrations probably wouldn't make it work very well. But well, I mean, if it if it works a little, it would be fun. Like just being yeah. able to mute somebody in real life sounds like fun. <laughs> right. depending on the person that's what, but, yeah. that's what you have zoom calls for <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> the biggest downside of zoom calls is i think when you mute people you mute them for everybody <laughs> yes <laughs> uh that, that's always a little over the top but sometimes i'm definitely in meetings where i'm like uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> please stop talking <laughs> uh yeah no so, it's better than real life. There you can't mute them. And, and also people can see you. Yeah. So if you look incredibly bored at somebody talking, people afterwards will go like, Rami, you weren't very, you weren't very impressed, were you? I'm like, oh, was it visible? Did you notice? Was it the part where I rolled my eyes when he started on the next sentence? It's as if you can't see that in Rami's face. Right. Yeah. Was, hey, you know, you always beard. like to pretend you have a poker face, but yeah. I, I really, I have such an easily readable face. Yeah. It's ridiculous. I'm a, ter- I'm a terrible liar because it's just, you look at my face and it's just like, uh. Rami, you're, you're, 
Yeah. You're not fooling anyone. I kind of have the opposite problem where I hype myself up for someone's, like, whatever someone's saying. And sometimes I laugh early when something isn't funny. <laughs> 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 and I'm like, wait, that wasn't appropriate. <laughs> right. Sorry. Yeah, an but... Egyptian and an Iraqi walk into a bar and you just start laughing. And, <laughs> yeah. like, and, and one of them died. And uh, it's like, oh. <laughs> Why am I laughing? <laughs> <laughs> it's still a, a surprise uh, turnover, so it's still kind of funny. Uh, it's more it's like bit, but it's kind of funny. <laughs> there was Dark there was that time where they did they did a lot of jokes with like a build up, but then a very sad punchline, and I yeah. I feel like Osama that must have been a nightmare for Osama. <laughs> it was, but it happens in meetings too. Like when someone right. says something that I would like. Expect to be a joke or funny, and they were serious. It was a real comment, and I'm like, "Oh no!" <laughs> he was like, <laughs> "Yeah," oh. I'm like, "Oh, you're serious?" That, like, yeah, that that's me. I'm sorry, yep. that's terrible. Yeah, what can I do? Yeah, yeah. You know, you can you can try. How do you know. fix that? How do you fix that? It's involuntary. I don't know. I mean, you you can fix it by holding your laughter for a second. <laughs> That's impossible. Easier said than done. Yeah, true, true, true. It's hard. I don't know. I feel a lot of those things are also just sort of like things you teach yourself over yeah, time. Yeah, you try. Right? Uh, but also a lot of things you then have to unlearn. Yeah. Like I don't. I have this thing where I don't look at people when I'm talking. I look past people. Most of the time, and then occasionally look at people, but it's because I like watching people react to things, mm-hmm. right? But I spend a lot of brain power analyzing how people are reacting. So if I just look at somebody's face, I spend too much time looking for like little expressions or like, you know, like a smile or like a serious face or like, you know, them leaning forward to like think about something. I spend a lot of time of my brain doing that. So if I'm just looking at people, I lose what I'm saying. <laughs> like <Yeah>. halfway <laughs> through the sentence, I'm like, oh, they reacted to that. Oh, uh, what might it have been, right? Um, so I look past people. And then at some point, I had to sort of like unlearn to look at people a bit more. Yeah. Because <laughs> I just seemed uninterested. You must so be now, really good at poker. I mean, I, I can be. Yeah. yeah, but also because I can really, I'm really good at false shuffles, false forced shuffles. shuffles. Oh. Yeah, I can, I, I can, I can not actually shuffle while shuffling or like leave cards at the top or. No, no, I meant legitimately good at poker. <laughs> also, not so, no, I'm, also <laughs> legi- I'm, legi- I'm legitimately good. I'm pretty good at poker, but also you shouldn't play. You shouldn't let me shuffle when we're playing poker. <laughs> oh no, or any card game for that matter. Do, do not let me shuffle. So what one of my friends from a million years ago he uh, you're that old <laughs> <laughs> wow from a really long time ago uh basically we were teaching him to play poker but he was yeah. good before he learned the rules because he was right. incredibly good at reading people he could he, mm-hmm. he didn't even know what he had in his head he didn't know the rules yet but based on how other people were reacting about what they had in their hands he would he would bet like we wouldn't play for real money but like you would bet and win a lot like it almost didn't matter what he had in his hands. And when he learned right. to play the game, he actually got worse. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because then you're looking at the cards and poker. You're not really playing cards. You're playing, you're playing each people. other, right? Yeah. Exactly. Well, actually, like when you don't know what you're doing in poker, like nobody can figure out if you're actually <laughs> what bluffing. you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> if you're actually bluffing or you're playing it for real, <laughs> you must have something really good. He has like a pair of aces. <laughs> exactly. But aces are good, right? <laughs> yep. No, that's there. There is definitely a, a beginner's. There's a beginner's advantage to uh to poker osama a million years ago i just had to look it up but that means you were from the paleolithic period <laughs> um <laughs> let's go with that nice no no osama don't answer that question you don't want too many information about you online you know? <laughs> yeah. oh my god did you see that about the salary discussion did you see that one no, I didn't. no Which a whole bunch of uh, there's been a bunch of stuff on games twitter but one of the more curious ones was there was sort of this, and this has happened a few times over the last year, but um, there were a lot of game developers posting salary information yeah. online, uh, which I thought is really cool, right? That's awesome. Like, we need that level of transparency. I always wish people would also add in which region or country they live. Yes, yes. Because comparing a U.S. salary against a European salary, against an African salary, against an Asian salary, against a South American salary, against an Australian salary, yeah. that doesn't make sense. Yeah. Even um, within the right. U.S., if you're like it in doesn't make sense. Mexico or San Francisco right. or Florida, it's not the same thing at all. Right. Um, but that, that being said, there was this... Uh, there's obviously a bunch of pushback. There's always a bunch of pushback. Um, one of the pushbacks, one of the most curious ones I saw, and I just had to respond to was somebody saying, like, no, you shouldn't do that because it's a risk for hackers. <laughs> I'm like, risk what, what network infrastructure are you using <laughs> that having somebody's rounded, like, rounded salary <laughs> posted on Twitter is like... a verification risk for your network yeah, like I forgot how my are you password. training your i forgot yeah. my Best. password yeah. how much do you earn yeah. oh no <laughs> i got a raise i have to change my password yeah. now. your, your two-factor authentication is the last payment you got from the company or something it's like no that's no. not how that like and they're like well no it could be used to like for like social engineering and i'm like what which company is gonna go okay we need to verify who you are what's your salary at the moment like that's not. This just not how it works. That's not how it. Anyway, it's good to see that kind of information and the continued push for like transparency is super good. But uh, that made me laugh. The other thing that happened this week on gaming Twitter was obviously uh, Halo is coming out somewhat soon. And uh, yeah. yeah, I played the multiplayer and enjoyed that a lot actually. Yeah, me it's too. good. It was, it's yeah, very it was solid. Super good game. Uh, oh, did you see the video of the guy who did a 23 Spartan headshot with a sniper? Oh, no. What? no. <laughs> but I, that wouldn't surprise me. But I would I still mean, be amazed when I see it. <laughs> right. No, it, it, the, the thing was, it was set up, right? Like, it was ah, not okay. like, it wasn't like a, a random 23 Spartan shot. It was, they just lined up 23 Spartans and then got one of them to shoot with a sniper rifle and just see what happens. And it is really fun. <laughs> Wow. There's a there's a lot of stuff going on, but it, the bullet moves much slower than you think. Hmm. Um, uh, like basically going from hit to hit, but you can clearly see the super exaggerated effect they do, so that when you get a double kill with a single bullet, it feels nice. Yeah, it just now triggers twenty two times in a row. Wow, so, I want to see that. Yeah, it was super good, um, but. Um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed my time so far in uh, Halo Infinite's um, Halo Infinite's multiplayer. I can't wait for the campaign to come out, which I guess 
by the time this is out, it should be out. Yeah, it yeah. should be out, right? Should get the friends together to play it. I would be cool. Yeah, I could, I'd love me some Halo. Mm-hmm. It's been a while. Yeah, the multiplayer is so solid, man. It's really, really good. Yeah, they, really good. you know, three for three. I feel like they're finally getting hitting their stride. Yeah. On this IP, and it makes sense, right? Like three games for something as beloved as Halo, that's honestly fast. Yeah, right to get it. Like, mm. I feel like Halo Four was pretty good, but just very safe in a weird way. Yeah, right. It was like, okay, let's do a lot of the things that people love about Halo, but give it our own tiny spin. Mm-hmm. I think in Halo Five they kind of overcorrected. Mm. Okay, to make it too much their own thing. I think they kind of lost a lot of what people loved about Halo there. But I feel like now with with everything I'm seeing and sort of how things are feeling in 6, it seems like they pulled the best out of Mm 5 and the best out of 4 and just made it into something that I I 100% accept as Halo. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, I'm just playing and I'm like, yep, nope, this is right. Like, it's a little... It feels a little bit more Destiny-y than I I think I would have liked it. But at the same time, it's very clear that they have a goal of where they're going with the moment-to-moment gameplay anyway. Yeah, well, yeah, the Destiny yeah. is Bungie, right? So it yeah. has, it has uh, Halo roots. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Have either of yeah. you seen the no clip documentary on the the Doom the 2016 version the one not the Yeah. Uh, that was yeah. a great documentary. I would really right. highly recommend it. I'll have a look again. Yeah, like just the, the, like without spoiling it, if you can spoil a documentary. Um, <laughs> basically, they had a, a change in leadership at one point and shifts in the team because they were making a game that was good but wasn't Doom. They lost mm-hmm. they lost like what Doom was and why people liked it. And that doesn't mean that they have to go back and not innovate or change anything. It's just the changes have to be in the spirit of why people play that game to begin with. Right. And watching that, I learned a lot. So I really yeah. would highly recommend it for anyone. Okay, I'll definitely watch it then. I, 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 yeah. I love the no-clip documentaries. They're pretty yes. cool. Yeah, me too. Yeah, they're so good. <clears throat> so good. So it's Game Maker Toolkit and like no-clip yeah, and like actually too. just, just yeah. you know, recommendations for anybody who wants yeah. to be in games. The, but... the Game Maker guy started making games and yeah. I love seeing what he's like. He's going through <laughs> yeah. it. It's like I'm living yeah. it again from the beginning because yeah. yep. he's smart. He always really analyzed things really well. He did his research. He wasn't talking out of his bum, right? He really no. No, this this person, yeah, and even through all of that, he tried to make a game and fell flat on his face, and it's so validated. <laughs> where it's like, like all the paper design in the world, like doing it is not the same. No, theory, theory is helpful and it's yes. really critical, but yeah. it's why so much, so often, you know, and and this kind of ties into Halo. Actually, it's why so often armchair design is so dangerous. Yes, to mm. games because knowing why you like something or knowing why something works doesn't mean you can do something good with it. Exactly. Right? It just means that you understand what it is at that point and why it works at that point, but you might not be seeing all the other stuff that is sitting under that, that is foundational to that work. Like with Doom, I remember talking to one of the lead designers or or, or the designer on, on Doom 2016, and they basically just said, like, yeah, for level design, we were inspired by Pac-Man. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait, what? It's like, yeah, Pac-Man. It's like, it's like the rooms kind of wrap around, right? If you go out the one side, you kind of come back out the other side. And then you look at the levels in Doom yeah. and how the skirmishes are laid out. And yeah, they're, they're sort of like out the exits are usually these big round movements around the arena. Yep. So you can rapidly move relatively safely from the one end to the other end. 
Call of Duty actually shifted to that. I think uh, at Modern Warfare, uh, mm-hmm. where you you could you didn't have any could de sac. You didn't have any like dead ends. Every mm-hmm. like everything wrapped around. You couldn't have a safe spot where you could just camp and nobody was behind you. Uh, mm. I mean, with, within limits, you know what I mean. Right. 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 I'm, I'm, a bit, I'm a bit confused. You were saying like you know, Halo was part of the Twitter conversation and armchair design. I don't know what, what you're talking about exactly. Oh, uh, the, um, they had to shut down the Halo subreddit for toxicity. Oh. Like there was just, and it's for it's we're days from launch, right? But like, so basically, there's a. Um, you know, Halo has shifted a lot in its business model and also in, in you know, in what it is. Um, mm-hmm. And there's a lot of people that are somewhat unhappy with that. And then there's also the people, and this is obviously a small, loud group of people, but enough that it's overwhelming on the subreddit that just hate it. And they hate it to the point where they're sending threats and they're being insulting. And uh, the community team has been doing an incredible job sort of responding to it, but mm-hmm. it, it got so out of hand that they temporarily shut down the, the subreddit. It's, uh, you know, as uh, we were just so talking sad. about this, like of, of going through this myself, man, that sucks. Right. You know? It's rough. It's so rough. And it's, <clears throat> it's so sad because what we're trying to do is we're trying to make nice things for people yeah. and mm-hmm. we're putting years of our life into it. And I know that sometimes it can be disappointing, right? Yeah. Like sometimes you wait for something and I'm, I'm, I play games myself. Sometimes I play a game and I've waited for it for years and then I play it and I'm just like, oh. It doesn't well. come together. Like the yeah, hope like, while you're making, especially the big games, but it applies for all games. The hope is that it comes together at the end. And sometimes one or two things just don't come together the way you had right. before. And how do you pivot at that point? People need to, to have a little bit of empathy and understanding that right. nobody wants for- to make a bad game. <laughs> also like you know like a game almost nobody yeah. i know some people that intentionally make bad oh, games yeah. and yeah. I, I love them and it's great but yeah. I, I take that back you're right most, most people, people try to make good games <laughs> you know a lot of people um they you can disagree with design decisions you can disagree with uh, things that you dislike of course feedback is wonderful mm-hmm. um but <clears throat> first of all you gotta keep in mind like especially with stuff like halo a game that's enjoyed by millions of people, it's very hard to make a million people happy about the same thing. I mean, like, it's... Yeah. <clears throat> excuse me. It's kind of hard to get five people to agree where to have dinner together, you know? Right. Or who pays or the who bill. Pays the, or who pays the bill. <laughs> <laughs> to, get, to get, like, 12 people... Uh, to, to, to move that example over a million people to agree on a design decision or what makes Halo Halo or whatever game itself, you know, like, there's going to be a lot of opinions on, on things, and that's fine. But, yeah. you know, just keep in mind that this is what developers are going through, that they have to make something for the mass market. And, right. you know, ultimately, you know, sharing feedback, talking to people, even, like, you know, sharing frustration, all of that is cool, but it's never cool to send death threats or character assassination no. or... Or stuff like that, you know. Right. It's just, you know, the, the thing that I, and, and this kind of goes back to the, the Game Makers Toolkit um, uh, as well, right? Making games is just more complicated than it seems. And it's weird because, you know, I think the, the games industry, when it was a bit younger than us, except for Osama. Um, <laughs> you mean but, a million years ago? <laughs> yes, in the, in the Paleolithic age, um, <laughs> when game development was somewhat younger. Uh, no, but I think there there was this moment in time where games really, and game development in particular, really wanted to promote itself as rock stars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. 
as people who knew what they were doing and they were really good at it. And I think the reality of game development, and, and this is sort of a controversial thing I say, is that none of us know what we're doing. We're just really good at that. Yeah. yeah. Right. We're just really good at being being somewhere and knowing that we kind of want to go there. And we what we want to create is a great um let's say battlefield experience mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. and that you have what battlefield is and you have where you think the market is going and you have what you think the audience wants and you have what you think people liked and you have what you want to do different so that you're not just making the same game again right mm -hmm. and you're looking at the new opportunities that are afforded by technology and the new opportunities that are afforded by networking and the new opportunities that are afforded by your team being more experienced than they were the previous time before mm -hmm. and you're looking at all that and you're putting everything together. But then when things come together, people think that this is like a beautiful machine. <laughs> and it's not. Yeah. Like you're working with like politics, you're working with people, you're working with motivation, you're working with technology, you're working with code that gets written and then rewritten and then changed. And then the art needs to be adjusted. It's the whole thing with the whole NFT discussion the where people are saying like, you can have, you can have a t-shirt and then you can bring it between different games. And I'm like, you know how much work it would be yeah. to make a single texture yeah. work across different games by different publishers with different requirements for animations yeah. made in different engines with different light <laughs> yeah. using different shader models like it just everything in games is this giant jenga tower yeah right and whenever you pull a piece out and you place it somewhere else on the tower you just have to hope that it keeps standing and we just got really good at keeping the tower standing yeah, yeah. That's experience. Experience isn't knowing what you're doing. It's no. knowing how to keep things moving in the right direction. Yeah. From keeping things from collapsing. Basically. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> that is and our that, realistic expectations with that kind of stuff as well, right? <laughs> right. But that, that's kind of the thing. Like, I, you know, and a lot of game developers say that but every game that ships is a miracle. But then, yeah. of course, not everything is perfect. Yeah. And people go like, oh, back in the days when people couldn't patch. I'm like, back in the days when people couldn't patch, you would play a game and it would just break. Yeah. Yeah, and you had to lose it. Wasn't it. Like, yeah, that was it. The game just ended here now, and that was it. Like, yeah. we were done. Um, and also, that and game so, was much smaller. Right. Yeah. Right. That game was made by two people across three months. Yes. And it still had game breaking bugs. It's just you knew not to do that because on the in the schoolyard, yeah. you talk to each other and go, like, oh, you shouldn't go, you shouldn't go to the yeah. don't go to the back left corner of that room because you know you, you won't be able, it'll break. Yeah, watch the speedrun of an old game and see some uh, right. see some of those bugs. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing. I don't know. Like game game development. I I love the job. Right. It's such a wonderful. Yeah. It's such a wonderful job. But it's such a human job. And I think people forget. People see game development as a technical job, and like ninety percent of it is people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. It's like people doing work, communicating with people, keeping keeping things aligned, making stuff that they care about or stuff that they think will be valuable to the game. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that can be anything. Sometimes somebody is modeling the same thing for three years of their life, yeah. right? Uh, and it's this giant space in the game, and they're just they're, they're the owner of that space, and they're just working with a whole bunch of teams to get everything in that space to look absolutely perfect. Um, <laughs> uh, and sometimes, sometimes it's somebody coding for like 20 minutes to fix a thing. Like all of that is game development. Absolutely. I like, you know, ultimately what you said, the human part of this is that these are people. These are you know, right. people with feelings, people with lives, people with like, yeah, normal human needs. <laughs> the other day, like right. I think on Twitter, one of uh, one of my colleagues was posting, um, or my ex-colleagues was posting, um, mm -hmm. you know, the, the, their breakfast. 
think it was eggs right. or something like this. And then, like, you know, everybody's going, like, oh, that looks cool, delicious, whatever. And then, like, there's a couple of people, like, why are you eating breakfast? You should be fixing bugs. Right, and right. Like, oh, my God. I'm, I'm like, like, give these people a platform white ban from playing video games. Yeah, I mean, that's like, right. That's basically where I'm at. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm so done with this. I, mean, I, like, I have to. You admit. can't have breakfast? <laughs> you know, right. like, no. Can you listen to yourself what you're asking? You know? Right. And it's always about, like, this gun is like two percent too powerful and we're yeah. like if we lowered the efficiency of that gun like it's the old adage right like everything mm. everything i use is underpowered and everything that kills me is op yeah, yeah. right yeah. that that that's the rule and i've always been taught with balance if everybody's complaining that it's good and it's kind of awful that that's the reality yeah, but yeah. and also like if, you know it's a misunderstanding like it's a, a gross misunderstanding of game development in which like you know there's this problem this is the obvious solution that it's done and you're yeah. like, no, but game development is a house of cards, you know, like if, right. you, if you make an adjustment here, it's going to break 30 other things on the right. other side. And believe me, we've, you know, we don't, we don't, we've tried. We don't think of everything, but we've tried a lot, you know, right. <laughs> um, yeah. and like and your suggestion, we've, it, we've probably tried it and it probably broke something else. And it probably exactly, exactly. Yeah. You know, like, especially if it's like, this is so obvious. I don't know why the dev team didn't think of it. The answer because is because we did think always, of it. <laughs> we did think of it. We tried it yeah. out and it didn't work for a variety of reasons you know. a ridiculous suggestion in the end because yeah. it can't it can't be done yeah no i don't know like i'm i'm really tired of toxicity in in the community and i think as the industry is adjusting itself to be less toxic from within yeah i think it's it's also going to be time to start looking at how we can make it less toxic from without and you know so much respect to all the community managers and and the oh, sort yeah. of like frontline yeah. people Hats that are working. To all of them for sure. Just absolutely. absolute heroes uh, deserve so much more re- uh, recognition for what they do, and honestly deserve so much more salary for what they do. <laughs> um, but just in- just incredible work, and the same thing on the Halo team, and I'm sure on the Battlefield 2042 team, uh, just people doing incredible work. I I used to do community management for Vlambeer, and it is hard hard work. It really is. Um, agreed completely absolutely yeah just incredible um so but yeah yeah all the best to those guys thank you very much speaking of community oh yes speaking of interacting with the community am i uh, up it's your (laughs) turn (laughs) you can also send us emails here at the habibis Um, send us emails at info at thehabibis.com and osama will read them to us online Sometimes. You said .com in such a way that I really thought you were trying to say Pepsi, but as an Arab. .com. .com. Send us emails at info at the Habibis .com. Beautiful. Ayaz haga or not Ayaz haga? All right, I'll pick it up from there. So we have an Please email. pick it up from here. <laughs> we have an email from one of our uh, listeners and now writers, Max. Uh, Max says, I've been listening to the podcast since day one. So thank you so much for so, so many insightful and funny episodes. Uh, you're welcome, Max. Uh, one question for the end section. What are your favorite non-game design related books? And yes, Ooh. that includes comics, Osama. <laughs> Good. Yeah. So I could talk about comics. I'm excited. Our so who favorite, wants to go first? Our favorite non-design books. Yeah. Ah, so, non-ga- so. He specified non-game design. So I suppose okay. we could talk about the design of other things. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I have a I have a lot of books, but maybe we could talk about novels and uh, comic books as well. Oh my God, I yes, have so many. Yes, 
Me too. I so don't know many. how I could narrow it down. Like it would take me hours to like sift through and like All right. decide. Let, let's 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 uh, narrow it down between the three of us to genres. So let's let's go th- the three of us on comic books. Okay. Then let's go the three of us on novels. Okay. And then let's go the three of us on nonfiction, non-game design related. Okay. I'm okay. In. Okay. So I'll go. I'll, I'll try to go with one each. Okay. Um, starting. I'll do so. The same. Favorite. Uh, <laughs> I, I need to like, but, but you know, narrowing it down to one is also the hardest part. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, comic book. This is so hard. It is um, very hard. Maybe very Watchmen. Hard. I love Watchmen. Yeah. Watchmen is great. Watchmen really is one of the best ever. I love Watchmen. Um, best uh, novels. Uh, uh, one of my favorite authors is a Japanese author. His name is Osamu Dazai, and he has a book called No Longer Human, Ningen Shikaku. I like it a lot. Wow. Um, it's a it's a it's a dark book, so I'm not sure if I if I recommend it, but uh, I'm I'm a big fan. None. Uh, uh, I can probably recommend a book uh, from uh, last year in the theme of, you know what, in the theme of today's episode. A non-fictional book that I recommend is called Nonviolent Communication. <laughs> before, wow. you post, you po- before you post hate on Reddit, try to read, <laughs> read this book. book. <laughs> <laughs> Those are excellent. All excellent options. Oh man, do I go next? Remy, do you want to go next? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking. I'm thinking. I'm yeah. trying to think of what the book is. I, I'm, uh, I'm thinking I can't too. Find the title. But I'll try to think out loud since you know. All right, think out, loud. think out loud. Think out loud. So okay, so I'll start with the novel. Um, I mean, it, I know it's going to 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 sound a little bit, um, you know, I guess obvious, but I'm a huge fan of the Game of Thrones books or the, the Song of Ice and, and Fire. Mm-hmm. Uh, after reading them, I had a really hard time going back to reading other uh, fantasy books because they were so, so, so well written. There was one exception to that where there's an author called Patrick Rothfuss who wrote a book called The Name of the Wind, which was really good. The way I would describe it is going to get me a lot of hate, but I'll say it anyway. It's like Harry Potter, but good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so okay so it's 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 more accurate to say it's like harry potter but for adults i guess it's not it's, it doesn't have you know the harry potter starts off young right mm-hmm. um i would highly recommend it the second category i believe was nonfiction. Uh, i'd have to give it to the uh, the book I, I loved reading when i was really young um autobiography of malcolm x it actually changed my life in many many different ways wow man that's nice it created Mm -hmm. a lot of empathy in me for people who had different walks of life but you know malcolm x also overlapped with with uh, a lot of things about me about my identity um being someone who converted to islam and became muslim but all that was it was an eye-opening book i highly recommend it it's incredible uh for the third category um, well, I, I guess uh, I guess that, that overlaps already with Patrick Rothfuss, the nonfiction. I could go two routes. I could cheat and give a a book that's not about game design, but that could help game designers. It's called Understanding Comics by Gosh. Cloud. Uh, I was gonna I was gonna use that one. Oh wow, <laughs> that's yeah. a great book though. Brutal. It, it's an amazing book. It'll help yeah, you. It's very good. Yeah, it just helps you like structure your thoughts and understand like different layers of abstraction. It's an excellent, excellent book. 
but if you're looking for a comic book recommendation, uh, yeah, Watchmen is really, really good and really, really tough to beat. Um, another one I would suggest is, I, I mean, if you're talking about just like recent favorites, Miss Marvel, like absolutely mm-hmm. incredible. Um, and uh, another one that a little bit out of left field is Black Sad, which is a really good film noir uh French BD, you know, the French bande dessinée or, or graphic novel mm-hmm. uh, about a, like a Black Panther detective. But I'm not really into the an- anthropomorphic animal thing and it still hooked me. So like that's that's an achievement. Uh, but okay. I can go on forever talking about a million books. It's so hard to narrow it down. As I'm talking, I keep thinking of more. <laughs> but I should have said this. I should have said that. Anyway, you take it, Remy. Okay. Okay. Uh, so first was nonfiction. Yeah, we can go in any order. Right. Nonfiction, yeah, right. comic, I, uh, fiction. I have two. I have two. In, in nonfiction, the book that probably shaped me most was called A Short History of Nearly Everything. Uh-huh. was written by a guy named Bill Bryson. And it basically is a like, layperson's introduction to all of science. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's super good. Um, it It starts with an intro that always stuck with me of just how lucky we are to be alive mm-hmm. or for anything to be alive or for the universe to exist and it kind of goes back through like all the steps and tiny coincidences that needed to happen for this conversation to occur um and it's just a very it's a very good book it goes into kind of everything and then the other one was a book called zen and the art of motorcycle maintenance mm-hmm. which i can really recommend it's sort of like a philosophy book uh, that goes about a sort of road trip wow. between a father and a son. and But it's like just super, super interesting. Then in the fiction... recommendation. I'm really, wow, intrigued. Yeah, Both same. very good books. Yeah. And then in, um, in nonfiction, I really like a book by a guy named Carl Schroeder that's called Ventus. Hmm. And I don't think a lot of people have read that book. I think it's free. You can just download it as an ebook as well nowadays. But it is a sci-fi fantasy story that also goes into like self-determination. It's it it gets pretty philosoph- philosophical throughout, but it's just it's a really fun book to to read. Mm-hmm. And then um, I really like the uh, ancillary series by Anne Leckie. Starts with Ancillary Justice and then Sword and then Mercy uh, sci-fi series. Uh, really, really deeply enjoyed those. Um, and then comics, yeah, I was, I you know, Osama already picked mine. Uh, <laughs> it's okay, it's okay. It's a, it's a very good recommendation. I, I mean, beyond that, the comics I loved were the comics I read as a child. But, you know, they, they're mostly local. So you've got the Suska and Visca series, which... Are they're Belgian actually, but uh, that's that's what I grew up with. Two kids that go on like ridiculous adventures throughout time and space and everything. Um, usually ended up in some sort of historical local happening, and then had a had to save the universe there. Uh, it was fun. Those were good. Well, excellent recommendations. All right, I think we're going to go on for more questions. Wait, where did right, I lose the email? I found the email. There you go. So we have an email by uh, Mustafa. I believe he's written before. Uh, he said, 
But yeah, actually, he says, <laughs> I repeat Mailer here. He has, he just confirmed it. He has written before. <laughs> I really enjoyed the most recent episode, a tribute to Fauzi. And your comments on speaking Arabic resonated with me. Technically, my first language when I was growing up was Arabic. But when I started going to school, my parents switched to English and never switched back. I could still understand mostly, but my word um, recall is, I'm sorry, my word recall is atrocious. And now I try to avoid speaking Arabic as much as possible because I don't like feeling dumb. I'm glad mm-hmm. to hear I'm not the only one. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, relatable. He, he goes on to, to ask a question, actually, kind of. I also quite enjoyed your segment at the end of the same episode where you were picking one nice thing to say about Fauzi. I thought it was <laughs> heartwarming and wholesome. It was very heartwarming for me, for sure. <laughs> so I guess he's bringing us a challenge. He says, I was wondering if you had to pick only one good thing to say about each other, your fellow Habibis, what would you say? Wait, does that mean that me and Rami go too? Or did we do our part and say good I think things about Fauzi? You've done enough last time. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I want to say nice things about Osama. I, I want to say nice things about Rami too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, don't do me. <laughs> <laughs> we've already we've already had you. I mean, exactly. I can I can continue to give you compliments because oh, I, you I, mean, I love said, you and I would happily do that. I said I wanted to touch your fa- facial hair. There's no better compliment than that. You <laughs> that's, know? The, that's the maximum compliment. That's right true. Now. That's true. No, was, with Osama is one of Osama is one of the warmest, kindest people I've ever met, and just makes people feel at ease and comfortable. And takes a lot of effort to do that. It looks very natural, but I'm sure there's a lot going on <laughs> to make sure to do that. Thank and I extremely, extremely value that about Osama. Well, I, I feel the same way. Osama somehow manages to make everybody feel better. He has an area of effect spell <laughs> around him. <laughs> Uh, so as you, as you approach his uh, his radius, then you'll feel the buff. Your your mood gets better. Uh, you feel happier. You smile a lot more, and uh, you feel an insatiable appetite for hugging. I so, love Thank you so much. He has this area of effect around him. So yep. you have an area of effect on me now. I'm crying. Yeah. <laughs> so cannot, beautiful. Cannot be dispelled. Cannot be stunned. <laughs> there's, there's no way to repel it. You're gonna just have yeah. to embrace it. <laughs> this is such a game designer description. I love it. <laughs> Did you write a confluence page? <laughs> Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> I'll build a straw man and then we'll try to see if there's any weaknesses. Because right, right. uh, we need so, to design a counter for it as well. <laughs> not sure it can be done. I think the game will crash. <laughs> um, okay, so I guess it's my turn with Rami. Rami, honestly, is inspirational. He is one of the people who cares about other people and spends so much of his time and effort for everyone else. I've never seen anything like it. Like before, uh, I thought I wanted to reach where what Rami is doing in, in, in just how big his heart is and how big his hands and his outreach is. And now I realize that I would probably die if I reached halfway. <laughs> it is incredible like he he's an unsung hero he helps so many different people in so many different communities without talking about it without anyone else knowing i've seen glimpses of it here and there and he's just so humble and you know that we have an expression the right hand doesn't know what the left hand is doing that's like that's rami rami's constantly giving from one side in more than one ways because i'm clumsy as well (laughs) (laughs) see the humility comes out again so that's rami in a nutshell aspirational in a way i couldn't i couldn't fathom 
So I can for me to not uh, say what uh, Osama said, so I'm not going to repeat things. I think one of the things I admire the most about Rami is that he takes matter in, matters into his own hands. So like yeah. if he feels that there's something that can be done about something, he will go out and do it. So if there's a game that needs to be made, he'll do it. If there's people that need help, he'll go out and help them. If there's a podcast that needs editing, he will edit it himself. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I like I like that uh, Rami doesn't think twice when it comes to like uh, taking charge of uh, of matters that mean something to him, mm-hmm. and especially when it comes to helping others out. So. Yeah. Well, Summer's right. You all are going to make me cry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh-huh. That was so beautiful. I, I like that have... he's very tall and has a, a weird <laughs> weird um, uh, attachment to his leather jacket. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure if I like that or if I'm bewildered by it. But yeah, yep. one of the two. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, um, even if you have more emails, Osama, let's keep them till next time. Yes, good idea. Because we're going way over on our time. Oh, yes. yeah, wow. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and like, you know, with everybody in tears right now, will be the best episode. Uh, <laughs> uh, or, the, sorry, the best time for us to close up this episode. So the next the next emo is just us going. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we need to go find some Kleenex and like blow our noses and all that stuff. Yeah, just cry. <laughs> this is good. This is good. It's always nice to be nice. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, join us next week for another episode of the Habibis. But for the time being, salam. 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 That was the Habibis podcast for this week. I am Fawzi Masmar, your host for this episode. You can find me on Twitter at Fawzi Masmar. My fellow Habibis were Osama Dorias, who you can find on Twitter at Osama Dorias, and Rami Ismail, who you can find on Twitter at T-H-A underscore Rami. Send us your questions, stories, and suggestions via info at thehabibis.com. Intro and outro music was provided by Malik Zubayla, and the logo was provided by Ibrahim Hamdi. The Habibis is a weekly podcast about three game developers drinking good Arab tea with new episodes launching every Friday, inshallah. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to subscribe to your favorite podcasting service or check out thehabibis.com for more information. Thank you for listening. Salam.